When you change the way you look at things, the things you do look at change. There's really only two emotions to look at. There's only fear and love. Coming up, Ariane talks with best-selling author and self-improvement expert Wayne Dyer, next on Change Nation from the first 30 days. Welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm Ariane, and today I'm very excited and honored to be speaking with Dr. Wayne Dyer. He's been called the father of motivation, and he's authored 31 books, I believe, including several bestsellers, such as Your Erroneous Zones, The Power of Intention, and Inspiration, amongst many others. He recently published a book entitled Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Living the Wisdom of the Tao, which is really specifically the the book that we're going to be speaking about today. We're going to focus on how some of the principles in the book make change easier and how they can help to change our life. Wayne, it's a real pleasure to welcome you to the first 30 days. Thank you. It's, it's, it's wonderful to be with you. So I am taking your advice and reading through this book and basically following one principle at a time. But for the people listening, I wanted you to give us a sense of what is this new book, what is the Tao, and how can it help us with making changes in our lives? Well, the, the, the Tao Te Ching breaks down to T-A-O, Tao, means uh, in, in ancient Chinese, it means the way, or the great way. T-E means uh, the application of, uh, and the Ching means book. So it's the application of the, the principles for living the great way. And the great way is really a very amorphous kind of, uh, kind of thing, this word Tao. It's uh, the closest word that you can come to it in English would be, uh, would be God mm-hmm. um, without the human qualities. It is the source of everything. It is that which animates all of life. It is the invisible, divine, organizing intelligence which allows the mosquitoes to become mosquitoes and humans to become humans and mountains to be mountains. And it's, it's, uh, it's the world of non-being from which all things uh, uh, emanate and, and are created. And uh, the, all of the things of the world, of the, what, what Lao Tzu called the... Lao Tzu is the, is the author or the the uh, supposed uh, writer of the of the Tao Te Ching. It has 81 verses in it, and each one of these 81 verses um, are a guide for how to live a, a sensible, moral, a purposeful, divine, peaceful life um, without antagonisms and worries and angers and fears and, and hatreds and so many of the things that occupy so many people's lives. It's been called the wisest book ever written, and uh, I decided to take uh, one year and live uh, each one of these principles uh, and write about them and, uh, and put them into practice, and uh, it has changed my life in a multitude of ways, uh, probably the most significant being uh, uh, just being much more at peace and, and feeling uh, totally on purpose and, and without all of the stress that used to occupy my life so much. Is there a specific principle in the Tao that talks about change, or is the entire Tao about change? The entire Tao is really about change. Uh, the, um, I, I opened this book with a quote from George Bernard Shaw, uh, who said, progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. And that was the one quote that I used that wasn't from the Tao. 
mm-hmm. and it's uh, <clears throat> the entire book is really about change. When you when you change the way I was going to call this book, uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Um, meaning that um, you know Einstein once said that the, the most important decision that a person has to make is to decide what kind of a universe they live in. Do I live in a universe that is friendly and supports me, or do I live in a universe that is uh, working against me and is antagonistic and, and uh, is, is hateful or uh, you know, painful? And once you've made the decision about what kind of a universe you live in, you understand that principle that I just said, that when you change the way you look at things, the things you do look at change. In quantum physics, uh, that is, a, that is a, literally a fact. Uh, the, the quantum particles, the tiniest sub-sub-subatomic particles which make up all of life, uh, literally change depending upon how you observe them. As the observer looks at them in one way and turn to, looks away and then looks again, what he's looking at changes depending upon how they observe it. As my friend Deepak used to say, Deepak Chopra, that uh, quantum physics is not only stranger than you think it is, it's stranger than you can think. You know, that, that literally the way you look at something determines what you are seeing. Um, so the observer becomes very, very important. And when you want your life to change, when you want something to work for you, uh, it basically boils down to changing the way you look at, uh, at anything in your life. Making that change uh, is really changing your awareness of yourself. And the Tao is about that throughout, throughout, the, uh, throughout the 81 verses. Wayne, I know in my work, and I'm sure you've come across this in your journey, most of the people I meet will say one of three things. They'll say they hate change, they'll say that change is hard, or they'll say that they feel alone when they're going through change. And it's always fascinated me how bad we are at change, how unprepared we are for change, and we, we're all sort of brought up being very uncomfortable with it. Well, you know, Ariana, I, I really think it's, uh, it's, it's just the way that we've been taught to think. Uh, what you've just described, because change is, t- is taking place in, in every second that that we are alive, in every nanosecond that we are alive. I mean, I, I'm sitting here talking to you on Maui. I'm 67 years old, and I have been in um, thousands of different bodies. I look at, I have a picture of my of me on the wall when I was uh, two years old, and I was in that body. Uh, and the me that was in that body still exists, even though it's invisible. Uh, and the body just continues, and everything, everything in the world of the 10,000 things, that is, everything in the physical world, is in a constant state of shifting. Um, Einstein said that nothing happens until something moves, so that uh, it's just what even appears to be solid is really just constantly in movement and constantly changing all the time. So that, as Heraclitus said, you can never step in the same river twice. You can't breathe in the same breath twice. Uh, there's change is uh, uh, the idea that something is permanent, the idea that something is just fixed the way it is and that it, that it is, uh, is going to stay that way, uh, including myself and my personality and my world and my, my, my children and my relationships and my, my home and, and everything. I mean, I sit and watch the beach uh, every morning, uh, and some mornings the, the uh, ocean comes in from the left, 
and it takes the sand all away, and there's no beach. Uh, two days later, I'll look out there, and for some reason, the currents have changed, and they take the sand and they move it back, and now I've got a 200 yards of beach. Uh, it's a constant that, that that really symbolizes, and as Lao Tzu said in in the Tao, you know that it is uh, you know you, you you learn almost everything from nature, and nature that is that is the physical world is such that uh, it can't keep anything the same. Nature cannot even create a storm that lasts forever. You know, no matter how how virulent the storm, no matter how powerful the storm is, uh, you know that d- deep within that storm is something called calmness and that it is there because, you know, w- when we have something called good fortune, bad fortune is hidden within it. And within bad fortune, it's good fortune is hidden. There's constant movement, cyclical nature of the world is really about... Uh, about accepting and understanding change, and there's not a damn thing that any of us can do about it. It is a, it is something that you have to accept as as uh, part of your incarnation into uh, living in this body that you that you are in for the period of time that you have on this planet. Some of the things that I've I've seen people get stuck on are things like fear, blame, guilt, impatience when they do start and they are committed to making a change. Mm. Are there, I'm sure the Tao has a lot to say about, about all of those things. How do we shift some of those emotions and feelings to things that are more constructive and are better thoughts? You know, that's one of the things that, this, that uh, writing this book and, and living this, these principles has helped me with, I think, more than anything, is that, uh, that there, there, is really not, there is nothing to fear that once you get your ego out of the picture, once you get the idea of who you are, which uh, is uh, that uh, who I am is what I do and what I have and what I look like and uh, what I accumulate and uh, what my reputation is and all of these things is, you know, what, what potentially called the, the, the false self. Um, once, once we recognize that the, this is not who I am, that who I am is like an infinite divine being and is a product of love and is returning to love and I can stay in that peaceful place, then as A Course in Miracles says, there's really only two emotions to look at. There's only fear and love. And that which is fear cannot be love and that which is love cannot be fear. So if you make your primary relationship in this world not to your parents and not to a lover and not to your church and not to your school and not to your culture and not to anything uh, to your business or whatever, but if you make your number one primary relationship uh, to, to the Tao, to source, to God, um, things like fear and anxiety and worry and hatred and those, those things that are all you know, subjects uh, that Lao Tzu addresses throughout the 81 verses of the Tao, uh, they, they can no longer exist once you are in harmony with the place from which you came. So the major shift that people have to make if they want to, and this is what was so good for me in, in taking this year out, the 66th year of my life, out, to just live the Tao and practice it and write about it and meditate on it and so on. What it did for me is it removed um, my identification with um, this body that I'm in and this stuff that I've accumulated and this reputation that I have and so on. Re- I'd remove that and my primary source became uh, this invisible divine intelligence that uh, that just is always there for you and that from which you can never escape. And then fear just went out the window. 
and uh, and so did anger and anxiety, uh, all of it. Wayne, what were what were some of the most ingrained thoughts that you needed to change? Whether it's about yourself, your role, your life. The primary primary ones are to to uh, really see that uh, that you know that I am not what I have, and that I am not what I do, and that I am not what others think about me. And that I am not, these are all thoughts to change, and that I am not separate from anyone else. And that I'm not separate, and this is really big, I am not separate from uh, uh, anything that is missing in my life. And primarily, uh, number six, is that I am not separate from God. That I am a piece of God. In fact, I am God. Uh, I am a piece of the divinity that is, uh, that is the source. I must be like what I came from. Um, and those are those are thoughts that are deeply, deeply ingrained in us. Um, you know, we have a tendency to believe that that uh, how much money I make or uh, how well I do in my job, or all of these external measures of uh, of success, uh, you know, that we've identified as as you know as our truth, if you will, are not um, are not are, are not our reality at all. They're not. Uh, it's it's really hard to explain this because the the opening line of the Tao says the Tao that can be explained is not the Tao. Um, the minute that you put a label on it, the minute that you get it defined, the minute that you that you think that you've you, you've honed in on it, uh, as soon as you put a label on it, it's it, it's gone. Uh, it disappears. So we have we have a nature, and this nature is whole and it is complete and it is and it is God. And just walking through life and seeing that and and ridding ourselves of this idea that all of the other stuff that I learned from the time that I was born, from the time that I came out, I always say that if you take the first nine months of your life and you look at what was going on in those nine months, you realize that uh, you weren't you really weren't doing anything. you were just being done. you know, and for nine months, you just um, and so did your mother. Your mother just relaxed and just allowed for everything to develop exactly as it was ordained to, as as, as it was intended to, as it as it uh, had to, um, <clears throat> because of its nature. And then when we when we are born, the people all around us say that that was really good work, God. Really good work. Nice eyes, nice ears, nice nose. You know, everything's just right. Uh, we'll take over from here. And uh, and the minute that that we we start that that's that's when we lose it and that's what you know Tao masters try to teach us that the number one uh, example of a uh, of a Tao centered being uh, according to Lao Tzu uh, is an infant an infant who doesn't know his own name and doesn't have any uh, identity uh, crisis with it at all doesn't even have any identity at all it just is and it hasn't learned to to put any restrictions on itself, it, 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 it has not learned to interfere with itself or with others, and so on. That's the place. That's really the place. It's a. It's kind of a. It's an amorphous place to get to. It's a. It's a place that doesn't have any form to get to. But once you really, really get it in your heart that that who you are is not what you have or what you do, or what other, or your reputation, and you have no separation from anyone or anything, including God. Once you really start living from there. Then, then uh, peace is yours. You know, it's just, it's just, you're just guaranteed. It's, it's yours for the rest of your life. And that's really what any of us want. Who we're talking about changing something in 30 days. 
you know, most of us just want to have, if I had a wand up here, two wands, and with wand A, I said to you, uh, you know, you can have anything you want with this wand. This is like Aladdin's lamp. You just have to just, just touch that, and you can have a BMW in your driveway, and you can have, you know, the, the nicest jewelry show up. You can have anything you want by touching this wand. But if you don't take that one, then you have to take the other one. And one B is one with uh, the only thing that guarantees you that for the rest of your life you'll have inner peace. For the no matter what comes your way, no matter what comes down the road at you, you'll be at peace. Um, which one? Which one would you choose? And almost everybody would pick the one. When you really, really think about it, you'd say, "My God, inner peace! You know, a sense of peace for the rest of my life, no matter what happens." No matter what jerk comes along and abandons me, or no matter what, you know, uh, I'll take that, you know. And that's, that's what the Tao offers, I think. It offers that kind of an identity. For someone who might have had the loss of a child, a terrible divorce, an accident, a health diagnosis, how do we help people through that period of real intense emotion and change and create that sense of inner peace? Mm. Yeah, I guess um, you know. I mean, that's that's really that's a question that um, doesn't really have an answer. Um, there is no how on that. Um, for some people, I have a radio show that I do every week, and I deal with questions like that, you know, for an hour every week on the radio. Um, and I know that when people lose someone close to them, or when they they get the diagnosis of a disease, and so on, and and so many of the examples that you've just given that uh, that it, it becomes devastating for them. But there are some, there are some, who um, who get it, and who understand that what looks like um, something terrible and something that shouldn't be happening and some kind of a terrible disaster. Uh, there are some who who uh, who step back and and say, what what do I have to gain from this right now, and what 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 am I going to learn from that? And that's the change in the thought that you have to have. See. For, if you're talking about enlightenment here, um, being enlightened and living a life of peace, living a Tao-centered life, um, it, it works like this. Uh, the, the first, earliest stages of this are called enlightenment through, uh, through suffering, so that you, you go through a long period of time in which you feel um, victimized and you feel like you were put upon and... Uh, and you, you, somebody abandons you. Somebody walks out on you. Somebody, you know, you you get a, you get cancer, whatever it might be, uh, and you go through this long period of uh, of mourning. I, for me, it was like when I when I used to when, uh, use drugs and drink. Um, it would be like, uh, you know, you go through t- ten years of, uh, of 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 suffering and suffering and suffering until ultimately you get to a point. Where you start to realize that um, you know I, I just don't have to do this anymore. Now I understand why I had to go through this. Now I really get it. Like I spent you know ten years in an orphanage, and I spent you know ten years really learning how to be uh, addiction free, and and have had divorces and you know struggles and things like that in my life. And and uh, uh, that enlightenment through suffering is like you long periods of time go by in which you tell yourself a whole lot of things that are just not true. And if you want to know what the first thing you have to do in in, in changing something uh, as traumatic as that in the first 30 days or the first 30 seconds, it's um, it's to really shift around the belief that this is something that shouldn't be happening to me, and instead to be saying to yourself, what what do I have to get from this? 
what's and that's the second step on this three rung ladder is that um, you move you begin to move in your life from a place that says uh, oh my god do i have to go through another 10 year period of suffering i don't have that many 10 year periods left uh, to do that or um, am I going to shift my thought to right here in this moment, say to myself, what is it, how, why did I attract this into my life? How did, why did it show up? What do I have to learn from this? What, do I, what am I going to gain from this experience right now, right here in this moment, without having any guilt, without feeling that you've been uh, you know, persecuted or whatever? It's just it's here, and my thoughts that it shouldn't be here is just an erroneous thought. It's just, it's just not true. There's no truth in the fact that I believe that I shouldn't have this, uh, you know, my husband shouldn't have died or my daughter shouldn't have had that accident or whatever, and you shift into that moment until ultimately you get to the third place where you, instead of having suffering, instead of doing it right in the moment, where you actually get to the mysterious place where you can uh, become an avatar and you can sense things coming and you can stop them before they get there, and uh, and you 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 gain a uh, you gain admission to another dimension, and that other dimension senses uh, that this thing is going to that is going to occur. Uh, Hemingway wrote about it in his novel uh, Islands in the Stream, and uh, he had just found out that his son had been killed in the uh, Spanish uh, Civil War, and. Um, and he, was, he went that night and he was dancing. And someone said to him in the novel, how could you be dancing when you just found out what you just discovered, that your son was killed? And he said, um, he said sooner or later, I know I'm going to have to get over this or it will destroy me. And I've picked sooner. I've picked sooner. Great phrase. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's that kind of awareness where it, it actually, I mean, if you look at this book I just wrote, uh, you'll see that there's an epilogue in there, and the epilogue is um, what my experience. You know, I didn't even go into what the details of the experience were, but uh, I had a you know like a horrendous experience happened to me right at the end of the writing of this book, and I and it was just immobilizing me for about uh, a week or so, and then it all of a sudden it hit me that oh my goodness, it's like here's the test. You know, you're putting final this, test exactly. Yeah, you're putting this whole thing together. So I decided to write a little bit about it at the at the very end. And it's like it's shifting your thoughts out of why is this happening to me and, why, and this should be different because most of the thoughts, they say, they say that we have an, uh, 60,000 separate thoughts every day. The only problem is we have the same 60,000 every day. So the same thoughts I thought yesterday, I'm going to think again tomorrow, and almost all of them are not true. And I think Deepak also said 90% of them are negative. Yeah, and they're negative as well. You know who writes beautifully about this is Byron Katie. I don't know yes. if you're familiar with Byron Love Katie. her work. I do, too. I love her, too. She's a beautiful soul. She would be really good for you to interview for, you know, because she really talks about the, the, the questions that she asks are, um, can you be absolutely certain that it's true? Mm. And, and almost every thought that we have that we have to change in order, like in those first 30 days, well, the, the, we have to ask ourselves, are the thoughts that I'm having true? You know, and do they stand up to them? Can I be absolutely certain that they're true? And almost always, those, they can't be. Because like any, anything that a person is going to change dramatically in their life, like giving up an addiction, for example, um, or getting over a relationship or a death or something like that, the, the very first thing that they have to do, in my opinion, is to change the thought that says that this is going to be difficult, that, 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 that thought has to change. 
to uh, I can I can do this one step at a time. I can do this today. I can do this today. Um, so when we start believing that it's difficult to change, the first thing that you have to do is understand that it is not difficult to change. That that is not a, that is not something that stands up to to be verifiable truth that it is difficult to change because change is taking place all the time it's the way of the universe it's the way everything is changing the sky is changing the ocean is changing every creature out there is changing you know the mountain tops are changing we're all the change is not not only not difficult it's just it's so easy and so normal that we, we we're doing it at every second that we're alive and 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 becoming really clear that that uh, as long as we're in this physical world that change is uh, is inescapable. You know, one of the principles that I love in the Tao is um, that hidden in any misfortune is good fortune. Right. I love and that, that, too. There really is something good that can come from a change and come from a crisis. And I, yeah, I love that because Lao Tzu teaches us to look, to look at nature and, and uh, you know, that, that, that imagine that nature can't create a storm like those hurricanes and, and tsunamis and, you know, and even storms in the in the atmosphere and so on you know that around saturn and so on that go for you know 97 years or something but built, there's no storm that can last forever and that so that built into every storm is calm and built into all calm is a storm so that you become you become someone who's who's familiar with the cyclical nature of everything and is and becomes the observer to it you just sort of step outside of it and you just watch it and you watch yourself go through it but you know that the self that is watching is is immune to all all of these uh, all of this pain and all of this work you just you just let it go you just watch it you just watch it i just had a a, a melanoma a malignant melanoma cut out of my back you know and and i just and i just step outside and i just watch them do that and uh, i don't identify myself with you know a cancer that is going to be dis- destroying me or anything like that i just i become the observer too i become the watcher and think, oh, that's all. just one more thing that happens when you're, you know, when you live in the sun and you've got blonde hair or blue eyes, you know. Well, I know one of the other principles I love is um, that I can trust in my own nature. Mm. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? What is my nature? What is, what is it that I can really trust in when everything outside seems to be things that might move, might change, might be impermanent? But your nature is also that. Your nature is also that. It's impermanent, um, your phys- especially your physical nature. But, but see, the, 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 the change in thoughts here is that, um, is that, that we're, we're raised to believe that we can't trust our nature, that who we are is not reliable enough and is not strong enough and is not capable enough, it's not intelligent enough, not talented enough. And, um, and, and, and so we... We've 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 bought into all of this. We look at other people who are who are more talented than we are, and we say things like, "Why did they get it and I didn't? Why are they prettier than I am? Why are they smarter than I am?" And so on. And we don't go within ourselves and 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 and, and remind ourselves that the, that who we are is perfect. You know, I mean, it's like a, this is a divine creation. There's no, there's no errors here. There's no mistakes here. That, that my nature um, is not one that wants to snivel and cry and whine and, and not 
and, and not be able to create things and not do what I want to do or be, be victimized by other people or be poor or any of that. That's not my nature. My nature is, uh, is well-being. My nature is love. I come from that source. So I am going to trust in that, in, in, in everything that I, that I undertake. And, and that, that fundamental knowing that, uh, that I can't, I'm not an accident and that there's not a thing in this world that is imperfect about me, nothing about that. And that's just a, that's just a shift, that's just a shift in awareness. And, one, and, and you, make that, you make that shift in awareness and you start seeing yourself being guided by, in the Tao it speaks about, the, you know, that the, the, um, the organizing intelligence, the Tao will always be there for you. It'll always be there for you if you, uh, if you live virtuously. If you live in, in harmony with the Tao, that whatever it is that you need um, will show up. And so, you know, it speaks in there about certain people who, in battle, um, cannot be uh, cannot be harmed. Um, no sword can penetrate them. You know, not, not, no uh, because they they have such a strong knowing about their own nature and about what they're capable of doing that they don't even entertain the idea. Of being harmed or being damaged or being clawed or being you know whatever it is that uh, that takes place within the Tao, mm-hmm. I mean within the um, you know the struggles that we face in our life, mm-hmm. so that you know completely trusting in our nature is nothing more than saying um, when you trust in yourself, you're trusting in the wisdom that created you. You're trusting in you're trusting in God because you are you are what you came from. And that just brings so much peace. It yeah. really, really does. And, and then you don't have to compare your, how your drawing, you know, looks compared to other people's drawing or how nice your house is compared. You know, there's no comparisons uh, out there. There's no competition out there at all. It's just all uh, just sort of a, it's, again, it gets back to accepting and allowing and, and not judging and, and, and letting yourself just be. How do you recommend people get started? I mean, I am reading a principle a day in your book, mm. and I meditate on it every day. Is that the best way for people to start getting familiar with the wisdom and the knowledge that is here? Should I write down the principle and read it? And, and yeah, I don't think that works. With um, it. I think each, per- each person has a nature. And like you have a nature, and everybody listening and, and on your website or whatever, they have a nature. And for some people, uh, writing it down and um, mem- and memorizing it and and putting it uh, uh, in little signposts and uh, little post-its around the around your house and so on are very 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 useful. For others, it's um, it's you just need to meditate on it. I put out a CD uh, on this on the on the Dow that Lao Tzu told me to have people do this. Uh, I took one line from each of the 81 verses of the Dow and just um, and did a meditation on it. And and for some people, doing that is the is the perfect way to do it. For others, it's um, it's it's the way I did it, which was I, I took a year out of my life and just decided. But but I was really I, I had such a calling for this thing. It was just calling me that. That, um, that that this the simple language of the Tao was uh, was something that I had uh, I hadn't really really thoroughly digested yet. And for me, it was it was writing it down. It was 
pasting it in my home. It was creating a sacred space. It was uh, thinking about this one one at a time, coming up with examples about non-interference and, and thinking small rather than thinking big and all of these kind of things. Um, like a cloud that just comes over you and you, all of a sudden you just get it, that, that now I can be at peace and I don't have to fight anybody or anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to rely upon my connection to the source from which I came and I'm going to return, you know, like T.S. Eliot and said that, you know, that um, in, in one of his poems that we shall not cease from exploration and at the end of all of our exploring will be to return to the place from which we came and to know it for the first time. And it's really like it's that, it's that knowing that I'm returning while I'm alive to this place from which I came and there's nobody that can get to me. Nobody. I love what you say that we all came with a round trip ticket. Yes, it's a round trip, is right. It is a round trip. And and and, and the, the, to try to get to the specifics, to try to lay it out specifically, I was thinking about it because I I saw the information that was sent on your, on on the website that you're doing and on your book, um, and I thought the biggest idea that we have to change about change is uh, is the is the belief that it's. Uh, it's difficult to change because that that is just um, that's just a fairy tale that we've that we've all inherited. And then the second thing is that to to believe that you know like somehow the first thirty days are more magical than the next thirty days. And they're not. Mm-hmm. That uh, it's all all of this stuff is done. You know, like we say one day at a time, but it's really one nanosecond at a time. You know, but it's, it's, uh, if, if we break it down into days, we just do it a day at a time. I give the example in my, in my DVD of, uh, of quitting drinking 20 years ago, um, which is very big, but in the Tao it says that sages do never, never attempt great things, and that's why they get great things done, because they think small. You know, and it's like if there's anything I would advise people who are trying to get over something or or make some kind of change in the first 30 days, it's to stop thinking big and to think really, really, really small. Like, what can I do in this moment right here, right now? And that's how great things get done. That's how you go 20 years without having a drink. You know, or you get a book completed or, um, you know, get a, a new website put up or anything else. It's like, what can I do in this moment? I know that we are all obsessed with, well, if I'm going to change this, it'll happen in a week or three months or within a year, this change will have happened in my life. How, what is the best sort of marriage between the surrendering of thoughts and resting in the Tao and in source and also the, the actions and what I would like to have happen within a certain amount of time? Or do we just release time completely I think more of that I mean one of the great lines out of the Tao that says that uh, when your cup is full stop pouring um, you know so that um, you know the obesity crisis in our culture can be handled with that you know and anybody that's overweight and struggling with that can can you know can handle the, the weight issue completely by getting themselves off of time and just saying uh, you know it's like I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 days and just shift to that I'm, I'm going to just practice when my cup is full, I'm going to stop pouring, so that when I eat something, I am then going to ask myself uh, at the end of uh, that bite or that uh, amount on my plate, 
am I, am I full or am I not full? And if I am full, then I stop pouring. I stop putting food into me because the, the, the common sense thing that the Tao says is that, you know, don't, don't continue to pour into a cup that's, that's already full. You, you just, you'll just create spillage. You'll, you'll create problems for yourself. And, and so you get off of the time element and, uh, and, and understand that nature does things in its own time. So that Jackson Brown's line was, uh, creation reveals its secrets by and by. You know, it's like, um, that you don't push the river, that you don't, uh, that you don't make demands on, on when things will be done. That patience is a very, very big uh, feature of the, of the, of the Tao. And, uh, being, staying in a place of being patient and, uh, and just allowing it, like uh, I think in one place he rec- he says uh, that you don't you don't tug on a uh, you know on a <clears throat> on a shoot coming up from the ground you know like a tomato shoot or whatever a plant you don't tug on it and ask it to hurry up I would like to have it now and you don't ask you know you just don't ask things to to be uh, to be done on your time schedule you don't ask winter to stop being winter you know and then say well like you know we've had uh, We've had fall. I don't want winter this year. I want to go right to spring. You don't. You don't do that. You know, and that everything in nature understands that there's a that the, that there is divine timing, and that and that you stay in harmony with divine timing, um, so that you just allow you allow things to unfold exactly as they uh, as that they were intended to unfold, and and then you're not you're not pushing anything. It's one of the beauties of raising children. You just watch them. I mean, you, I have a friend who has uh, two little girls, and uh, they. Uh, you know they're 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 always doing little mimicky things and little age typical things that six year olds and and eight year olds do. You know, and they're doing fart talk and you know and all of the kind of stuff that when you're the ones who you speak about on your DVD. Right, and yep. Smiley and my I mean they love yep. they love and you don't sit there and say you know you know you can't say the word fart because that's just a, you you don't do that you just uh, you you know you look and you say this is what you know to, to an eight year old there's nothing funnier than a fart you know or the sound of or the, or the word itself you know. Yep. Uh, and so you know that when they're 27, they're not going to be doing that. You know, they're going to be fine. And and you just sort of allow you just allow atypical kind of things to to take place. And you, you you know by doing that, by getting off of the divine time, by getting on divine time and not off of your own time, um, you 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 begin to practice non-interference because you, you you and that makes it really easy to step back and just to watch and just to to notice and to bite your tongue and and to zip your lip and to you know not uh, not be trying to uh, impact things on on your time schedule and i think that that's really helpful in uh, in terms of uh, you know all of this talk about this book called the secret and all of that you know there's there's so much emphasis on on uh, I'm trying to get it done fast, and uh, and on greed, and and oh, getting material things. Yeah, and getting getting things, getting things, and not understanding the simple lessons of the Tao, which are that you know your your job is to emulate God. You know that's that's basically what we want to do. We want to emulate the source as much as we possibly can to stay identified with it. And the source does nothing but. Uh, it does nothing but give. It's just always giving. So that the, the great secret is that the more you give, the, the the more peace you'll have, and the more more will show up in your life. And that they seem to have missed that. So here's a personal question from my end. So, and I'm sure it applies to a bunch of people listening. So I would love to attract a magical, divine, delicious, beautiful spiritual relationship. What is it that I have been doing, or 
or thinking wrong if we're really focusing on needing to change my thoughts. Mm. What does uh, that look like? I wake up tomorrow morning, you're my coach, the Tao is our, our wisdom. You, How does it go? You, it goes like this. It's, um, it's, it's on its way. Um, Rather than because what you're coming from, what you were speaking about there was like uh, somehow that the, there is this this person or this right person who's out there, but somehow uh, God or whatever, whoever pulls all of the strings out there, is withholding uh, that person from me. Yes, you're absolutely so, right. Yeah, so the, that, so that's and that's the biggest mistake that you can make because God is not a withholding God. That's why you don't ask people to pray to be healed from cancer. So, so that's the, the first thing you, you, you let go of, and then, and then the, the the next thing is is that you 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 shift off of my number one relationship would be with this divine perfect being who hasn't uh, you know hasn't been able to materialize yet, um, but is there. To um, my number one primary relationship is with God. That's that's my my source is my relationship. It's the source from which I came. It's the source to which I will return. It's the 40th verse of the Tao. You know, the the, the way of Tao is a return trip, and uh, and so I let go of this being the right man. He's going to look a certain way. He's going to be a certain age. He's going to be because you you just don't know. <laughs> you just don't know. I mean that that person might be 30 years older than you. It might be 20 years younger than you. It might uh, it might be a woman. I mean it might be your, your mother. It might be. I mean you don't know what you know like. One of the beauties of the Tao and understanding it is that no, there's not a person on this planet who knows what's going to happen to them within the next hour. There's not a person out there. Nobody knows. You know, it's like, so it's like living, the first verse is living the mystery. It's living the mystery. That's you know, such an exciting thought. Oh, my goodness, yes, because it's like, and then, you know, everyone that you look at may be, you know, maybe that. And, uh, and, you, and you just don't even know because, you know, because God's going to play, you know, plays crazy games on all of us all the time and, and sends this weird person over here uh, on, a, on the most bizarre way that it ever could have happened. You had no idea that this person was, uh, was, was the one that you're going to just be head over heels in love with. And maybe it's going to last for 10 minutes, or maybe it's, uh, it's going to last 100 years, but, but they're secondary. So I'm really curious about one But question. does that make sense, Arianne? I mean, it that... perfectly does, and I'm going to report back to you, I promise. Yeah. Just I'll report the... back in person yeah. as to how that goes, because I'm... Um, I'm up for it, and I, you're absolutely right. And it resonates as being true, and I feel that is the And also, just I say, it's, it, it, it's on its way. That's all you have to say. It's on its way. Not that it's missing, that where, not what time, not when. It's on its way, but my number one relationship in this world is to my source, and that source is a source of giving. Uh, because it's always doing just that, and I'm going to emulate that. And so the more I'm giving, the more I'm offering, the more I'm putting out there for, you know, and the more loving that I am, um, that those people, and, that, you know, they're, they're there. They're there. People who live the Tao never ask that question because they never have a shortage of, of, of divine people. Almost every, they see the unfolding of God in every one they encounter. What sort of questions do you ask yourself? In, that are in line with the principles of the Tao? My questions are, are, are about my own self-perceived uh, limitations. You know, I mean, I, I really ask questions like, um, you know, can I get to another dimension? Um, can, I make, can I make my body? Um, uh, that's why when I do the yoga and so on, I, I, uh, I challenge myself and, you know, in my own individual little ways. Um, 
can I can I make my body do these kinds of things? Can I attract the right uh, person? Can can I can I um, can I start over? Which is what I did, uh, you know, two years ago. I just just I just locked the door and, and sold everything that I had. Got rid of everything that I had. Mm-hmm. And and can I just can I start over and um, do you think that's the best change you've ever made, or yeah. what? What is the best change you've ever made? Well, I think the best change I ever made happened when I was 34, and it really turned my life around when I when I went to my father's grave, mm-hmm. and I, and I was able to change from being um, filled with uh, hatred and uh, and revenge and anger uh, towards my father to uh, to love. Uh, and to loving this man who walked out on us when I was just a baby. Uh, when, and when I got rid of all of that hatred and anger, which my brothers didn't get rid of and my mother has still got, not gotten rid of, um, everything everything aligned for me. Uh, I, I, Wayne, was it a choice you made? It was yeah, you went was, there and you were like, this is it? I wasn't, uh, it wasn't a choice I made. I was sent there. Mm. I wrote about it in a book called You'll See It When You Believe It. It's too long to tell now, but it's... Mm. Uh, it was uh I was literally sent to my father's uh, my father's grave, a man I had never met and and I substituted uh, anger in that moment and I'll never forget the moment. It was the twenty sixth of August nineteen seventy four. And uh I uh I left there I left his gravesite in Biloxi, Mississippi and I uh Everything changed for me. I started exercising. I started getting in shape. I started attracting the right people. My writing just took off. What a started, gift! What a gift! I got, I got to do the Tonight Show. You know, just by fortuitous kinds of things. Johnny Carson, be, you know, became like a personal friend. Uh, you know, Dinah Shore just went, went uh, to be Phil Donahue. I mean, it just endlessly, endlessly, endlessly. And there I was out there doing what I knew I, I came to this world to do. And and, and it all. It all took place by getting rid of my thoughts of revenge. And I so love you, that it, you've, you've dedicated the, this last book to him. I dedicated Yeah, Lao Tzu told me to. Hmm. It came to, I didn't even know who I was because I dedicated the book to every one of my children and everything. And, yeah, it was, it was really clear. So my last question to you, Wayne, just because I'm, I'm a curious soul. This incredible text and body of wisdom why do you think it's not more well known i can imagine people listening to this or hearing this that might say this is incredible i've never heard of this book that's is it a, uh, now's the right time is it no i just think that that's a um that's a a very ego dominated question um and i and i and I, and I don't mean your ego i mean mm-hmm. like an american western ego uh the Tao Te Ching is um you know, is probably the best-known work on the planet. Um, we just don't realize um, how uh, how big it is in other parts of the world. Um, it's the same with the uh, it's the same with the Koran, and uh, you know, it's like we have we have a tendency to look through thing, look at things through the Western the, the Western eyes, you know. Um, and I think it's all in divine perfect timing anyway. I think it's only coming to the West now um, <clears throat> because it's in divine timing. It's just, it's, it's, it was like I talked about how I got to do this, you know, how I became so enamored of, of the Tao and how much it was coming at me and uh, all the different little circumstances that, um, that just kept showing up that then finally the day came when I realized I had already 
gotten rid of everything. I had detached myself from all of that. My wife had left me. I had, uh, you know, I had every reason to just spend a year doing just this, and the Tao kept coming and coming and coming. And that, to me, is just uh, that's just the energy of, uh, you know, I really believe that Lao Tzu spoke to me and through me uh, in this in the experience of writing this. I mean, it was just it was. It was so magical and so mysterious, and 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 I, I got so uh, heady into it that, um, and I still am. I'm I'm still just enamored of of all of the things that are taking place, and even the fact that I'm sitting here talking to you for an hour about it and all of that is, uh, uh, and, I, and I, but but in in the in, in in Asia and you know you've lived in China, it's just sort of had a. Uh, just sort of a superficial uh, hold on people. They would read about it uh, because a lot of people think that Taoism is a religion, you know, and, and it's, it's even with religious studies and all of that. But there's no there's no religion in the Tao at all. And Lao Tzu was very much opposed to religion. It's 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 just it's just really a collection of writings about how to live an enlightened, um, stress free, peaceful, moral life, you know, and to to live in harmony with God and to be like God. That's really all it is, without any religion, without any dogma, without, I mean, only 81 verses. Isn't that nice? Incredible. <laughs> and you can read the whole thing in, in like in 45 minutes if you really want to, you know. Uh, and it's got everything in it that we could possibly know. There's, you know, there's, there's no need to have any more wars, and there's no need to have any enemies. And, and I often wonder when I, when I read this, through this and when I'm talking about this and promoting it and, and what my role is in, in disseminating this information, I always wonder why the, the George Bushes and the Dick Cheneys and, and the people who are in positions of power here in this country don't really just read this and get it that, you know, maybe we should just sit down and talk to these people that, uh, that we've labeled insurgents or that we've labeled terrorists and so on, you know, and if we just did that, if nothing more, I mean, it certainly couldn't hurt, yeah. you know, we, we might find that, uh, you know, we have much more much more reason to love each other than we do to hate each other. But there is there is a sense of, of needing Tao leadership, and the 17th verse of the Tao is really really magnificent about about leadership. You know that that the really great leaders are not they, they you know they don't impose anything on anybody and they don't have anybody despise them. And by and large, they um, when the work is done and the day is over, the people say we did it ourselves. Mm. They, yeah. they sit back and watch and, and allow the unfolding of the perfection of the Tao to work in everyone. And it can. It, I, I know that it can. And I think that uh, someone, someone, uh, it might be me. It might be. I don't know. I, I know I, it's been an incredible calling for me, and I'm, I don't think I've ever been prouder of anything I've ever done than this. It's all perfect. It's all yep. perfect. I think, and, and, and it's like, I, if I were giving you any advice, it would be to, to, to challenge any thought that uh, that you have that says that this can't be done or that it's going to be difficult or that it's going to be time consuming it's going to be hard if you you know, just like challenge all because none of those thoughts stand up to truth they just don't stand up to truth and i would say just think small and remember that you know it's like one step just one step like a, any building begins with one brick you know any journey begins with one step and just always think small never think big that's the that's the biggest uh, mistake that i think we make in the west is that we just we always, we always tell people think big think big but as lao tzu says you know uh, I'm the first. Yeah, first second, first day, first minute. Yeah. yeah. Wayne, thank you for who you are, what you've done, the year you gave to yourself, and then everyone else who's going to benefit from it. The words that you share and 
I think you're a real gift to, to myself and to a lot of people. So. Well, thank you so much. I thank appreciate it. Thank you, and I'm grateful best, that our past... Best of luck to you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. We've been talking with Dr. Wayne Dyer, author of the latest best-selling book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Wisdom, Living the Wisdom of the Tao. It's published by Hay House, and it's available now in print, audiobook, and DVD. For any further information, you can go to his website, which is drwaynedyer.com. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Ariane.